Ortiz hits it deep in front of left center field. It's back, and it's very gone. A two-run walk-off home run for David Ortiz. And the Pierce. Clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. The Boston Power Hour. What's going on, Ride the Wave Nation? My name is Caden Bodak, and I'm joined with Masters Lane, and we have a special guest today, Lenny Dutra, a.k.a. Bruins Warrior. Follow him on Instagram, at Bruins Warrior or at Bruins World Order. The floor is yours, Bruins Warrior. What's going on, fellas? How we doing today? Good. So um, when you started, you know, I assume we haven't always been Bruins Warrior. So how did that start for you? Pretty much, I mean, obviously a Bees fan for life uh, since a kid, playing the game of hockey, uh, growing up watching wrestling. So iconic wrestlers like Hogan and obviously Macho Man and, none other than the Warrior, um, was, became a huge fan. And uh, if you go to B's games, you notice on the Jumbotron, they're always wrestling promos. So we kind of just amongst my friends eventually, you know, started saying, hey, we should dress up as wrestlers one time and, you know, head out to the game. And people just ate it up. Um, I mean, it's all about just doing it for the fans, to be honest. I mean... You go to a game, you know it's wild in a crowd, so it hypes the people up. They eat it up, so we roll with it. Um, how, how is that? Like, you're going to a game, and you know you're obviously, like, a, a pretty well-known figure in the stands, and you had the made an appearance on the NBC, uh, the playoff commercial you had, or, or you made a um, TV uh, yeah, they had like yeah. behind the faces of the fans. So this kid reached out from uh, to me from NBC Sports, and it was pretty wild. I mean, he literally came to my house, set up his cameras. Uh, he, you know, he filmed the man cave. He loved that. He ate that up, and then he basically just like filmed me like suiting up, like getting into costume, and um, that was pretty wild. Uh, you know, he edited everything and made it. And he did it with a few of the big Bruins fans. Uh, I know <laughs> Big Scary Man guy, he did it with him. Um, and I don't know exactly what they used that for, but he definitely, uh, he sent it to me and they were using it for something. But, yeah, like uh, you said, though, like even on uh, the Nesson commercial, uh, I mean, you see it at every game. And, you know, boom, there's the warrior pointing at you. Mm -hmm. uh, Lane's got one, too. Uh, which is pretty wild because, I mean, that's just them doing that on their own. That's yeah. not, you know, no one reached out to me and said, hey, you know, can we use this to throw on the commercial? So, I mean, I'm fine with it. That's just more mm -hmm. exposure, uh, which is which is cool because, like I said, when, when we go to the, to the garden, it, it's pretty insane because yeah. whether it's older people uh, that grew up with wrestling or watching wrestling when Warrior was around and, you know, Hogan and Macho Man and Flair, uh, they eat it up. You know, people are stopping you, wanting to take pictures. Uh, the little kids love it. Um, so that's really what it's all about. 
it's uh, just getting the crowd wild, uh, positive energy throughout, uh, doing it for the kids, um, taking pictures with them, you know, give them stickers and stuff, and, and they love it. So we just keep doing it. So I actually I have a question for you. Um, so I know you've been the warrior since was it back in 2011, right? That's when you first started, correct? Not that early. I mean, I've had my season tickets since 2011. Okay. I used to go and dress up all different kind of things. I mean, around Halloween time, I'd go there with a clown mask. Uh, I did that this past year too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember that game. Uh, or my Toronto shirt actually with the clown mask. Um, I used to. You bring actually up- should have won fan of the game that game. I think they didn't give it to you because you had the Austin Matthews shirt on. <laughs> yeah, my boy. Um, but uh, I've gone there with a black and yellow Wolverine mask before, and then, like I said, once I started seeing the promos of wrestling, it was me and Hogan. I was like, "Hey, we need to start dressing up as wrestlers." And uh, like I said, once we started doing it, people just ate it up, and. Uh, you know, it's it's a good thing. So I like it. We'll keep you, going. You obviously get on the big screen a lot. So has there ever been a moment where you're just like not prepared for it and you're like eating or something? Uh, I don't know if that's ever happened yet, but I think I think one time I was going a little wild and I, I think like the hair might have came loose a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> So I, the other question was, I know you've been Bruins Warrior for quite a few years, but the BWO actually started off last year. Um, I believe it was I, – I remember meeting you guys before the scrimmage, and it was that night you sort of came up with the world order. Is that correct? And how did that, how did that happen, and what happened that next morning? Because you have to go into that story. <laughs> all right, so how that all began was – we went to the scrimmage. It was myself, Hogan, Flair, and Macho Man. And we actually, hold on one second. They actually put us right on the front page of the Boston Herald. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So yep. that was pretty wild to open that up, see the page of Tuka Rask, and then see us down in the corner. So what happened was at that same time, 98.5 Sports Hub was running a contest to win tickets to the playoffs, Stanley Cup. And mm-hmm. I'm like that much on Twitter, really. So I just, someone kind of reached out to me and told me, but I didn't really send a video in time. So, but what happens is I end up seeing an image that they posted, Toucher and Rich of who was going to be on the show. And they actually had my picture on there. So I'm like, how the hell do they have my picture if they didn't even, like, get <laughs> me? We all know how that happened. Because <laughs> there's a kid named Sinclair out in New Hampshire who, uh, who has also dressed up as the warrior. So, uh... He's on Twitter, I guess, and uh, he actually made a video, which was good. You know me, I'm not a hater. So they actually wanted him to come on a show. Well, 
he actually starts getting into this Twitter beef with a couple of Hogan's friends. Never says anything to me through social media. If he runs into me at one of the three games he goes to a year, talks to me, problem like he's my friend, right? Yeah. So I'm not there looking for confrontation. I talk to him. I think it's cool because my whole concept is I want to start seeing all little kids showing up to the garden with their face paint on like the warrior. That's what it's all about. That's what I want to start seeing. So he kind of got butthurt about it. And you'll see the footage on 98.5 saying, uh, calling me an imposter. So I, I just laugh because when he sees me, he talks to me like he's got no issue with me. But apparently, you know, when he's on the keyboard, he's a little butthurt about, you know, there being another warrior. So what happened was after that scrimmage, we're literally all in the car in the parking lot. And Hogan and I are looking at each other, and I'm like, is this kid serious? You know, like, calling us out and saying we're imposters and this and that. So he's like, hey, we need to get, like, NWO. He said, what would NWO do? He's like, we should just show up to the station tomorrow. We don't need an invitation. And we're just going to barge in. (laughs) So he goes, hey. Bruins world order. I'm like, dude, all day long, all day long. So hell yeah. We just all looked at each other. And I said, you're going to go tomorrow. Hogan's like, yup. Flair's like, yup. Macho man's like, yup. I'm like, all right. So we planned it. We met up in the morning. We drove up to the station. We walk into the lobby all decked out and people were already filming us as we were walking through the parking lot. And they were like, what is going on? So when we went into the lobby, all of a sudden I see Nick, who does like the drunken recaps outside. He's seen us before. We've talked to him. He's interviewed us. So he knew who we were. He comes down the stairs with this big smiling grin on. And I looked at everyone else. I was like, yo, we are getting in here right now. He opens the door. He's like, yeah, come on, guys. Come on. Come upstairs. As soon as we walk up the stairs... Rich seen us first. I mean, you see it on on their Twitch account. Um, He just loses his mind. He was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. BWO. And then we just barge in on a station and, uh, you know, history after that. Because basically, I remember Fred Touch in, like, in between commercials. He looks over at Rich and he's like, he's like, dude, our Twitch feed is through the roof right now. And people were just commenting. They were loving it. They were eating it up. They thought it was set up. This was not set up by them. This was just us on our own. And, you know, our boy Spike King um, and a couple other guys, Dito, he he was definitely pushing for us to do it. He told me, he's like, you have to go. So I was like, you're right, man. We're going to do it. And uh, it it just worked out. It was really cool. We got right on. I was yep. gonna say I I remember him blowing it up in the group chat, and then I was getting ready for work, and I was like, "All right, I gotta check this out." And I go on Twitch. It had to have been probably the best episode I've ever watched. It was hilarious, the back and forth, not even just the contestant, um, you know, 
the contestant voting and how they were going off trying to win tickets, but you guys barging in, I think just made it 10 times better. And it was just like, you could see it was like you and the other warrior just facing off. Like yeah. It was crazy, man. It was crazy. I, like I said, I don't hate on him. He, I think he does a pretty good job. I mean, I don't really like, I don't really like his wig. I think it's kind of goofy, but like I said, I'm not a hater. I want to see more people going dressed up and getting wild in a crowd that that's really you know what we're about it's all about the fans it's all about the kids like i said yeah. we got the t-shirts i love seeing people wearing them um you know when we hand the stickers out it, it's just you know to get the name out there and and you know we have that you know the bwo page on instagram we're trying to you know do giveaways and stuff for the fans yeah and that's really what it's all about I mean, I loved it from day one, you know, since we met, um, you know, I'm a season ticket holder myself and going to the games and being a Bruins fan is my passion. And I loved it so much that I um, joined the BWO and BWO for life, brother. So it's it's been a fun ride and hopefully one day we can get back to the garden, right? So besides this right here, we also have the Bruins Warrior shirts. On the nice. back. And uh, this one's looking like Caden's size. So, my boy Caden, I'm going to be mailing this out to you today. All righty. Well, tomorrow. You have to rock that on the next podcast, Caden. For sure, man. All right. So, we're going to stick on the top, stay on um, the topic of NHL here. We're going to jump right in. Um, to this week's episode here. Um, NHL has proposed a new playoff format. Uh, it was a 24-team kind of bracket style, not something we've never seen before. Obviously, we've never seen pretty much anything that's going on in the world right now. So it's all new to us. But uh, what do you guys think of the format here? I don't mind the 5 through 12 playing. And I think there was some confusion at first with the top four seeds. At first, it made it seem like they were going to have to play to be reseeded. But I don't think <laughs> what it is. I think what it is is with those top four teams, they're just going to schedule like exhibition games for them to be playing while the other teams are playing the actual playoff. Yeah. Or is it like a bye? Like maybe, I don't know, maybe it's like if they're doing exposition games, I don't really like that because – What if you get hurt? Yeah, you're getting the reps in, but, like, you're not you're not going to get hurt in practice. You're, you, you know, you're pretty much – your 0% chance you're going to get hurt. But there is a percentage chance that you're going to get hurt in a scrimmage, even if they're not going hard. Like, um, hockey is the one sport that the game totally changes when it goes into the playoffs. Like, it's just so much more hard-hitting, and it's the most fun to watch, honestly. But um, there's always a percentage chance that you're going to get hurt in scrimmages. So why don't you just have these guys, you know, just practice with their regular well, teams? So here's my thought on it. And I agree with Warrior um, with the 5 through 12. Look, if you're doing 24, te 24 uh, teams, right, why not just have it seeds 1 through 24 or 1 through 12 on each side and you play 1 plays 12, 2 plays 11, and continuous on from there. You already had seedings. You're adding 24 teams because there were teams on the brink that probably had a chance to get into the playoffs because there was, I believe, 
12 or 13 games left in the season. So you never know how that sort of would have played out. So you want to make sure you add those teams sort of at the bottom that could have made the playoffs so that they have a chance because you're not playing the rest of the season. And as what Caden says with the scrimmage, we went to the scrimmage last year when the Bruins hosted right before the Stanley Cup. There was – I hurt. Yeah, there was a player who got hurt. Who was it? Who was it? Marshan. Yeah, Marshan. So, you got yeah. hand something. Yeah, so you play these scrimmages, like Caden said, and someone gets hurt. It doesn't make any sense. And you definitely shouldn't receive um, the seeds one through four. And playing expedition games, um, you're not playing at that full level. So while these teams are playing a best of five at a full level, you know, all these teams are coming off rusty anyways. We all know that. But when you have when you have seeds five through twelve playing at a rust or you know a real full one hundred percent level because it's win or go home, and you have these teams playing exhibition games, I just don't think you're playing at that potential, and it makes it even more rust for you when you have to go up against uh, the t- teams that win. So I think it should just be one through twelve, no buys. Yeah, give them a week or two of practice before. And yeah. then um, just play. And hockey's, you know, the one sport where in eight, because there's normally eight teams, but can be a one. You know, like you saw it last year with uh, Columbus, you know. They absolutely made a joke of the lightning. And you'll, you'd never see that in, in like, NBA, you know. And no, I think it's so rare. And a 12 could be a one. You never know. And there's always, if they're not in the same division, there's always like game one is always kind of the feeling out period. You know, you do see, you do see it's definitely more hard hitting, but it's not as hard hitting as like a game seven would be. And it takes about a game for these, these teams. You know, if, if the Bruins are playing, let's say, you know, Calgary in the, in the finals or something, it takes one game for them to feel each other out. But after that it's, it's hard hitting. So um, I, I couldn't see the exposition game, you know, there's no need for it. Yeah, I'm looking at this. I saved this, the proposed 24-team playoff. And what it mm-hmm. says, like the number one seed, which would be the Bruins, they're going to wow. play the winner of Toronto and Columbus. And, and I'm then, cool with that. And then the number four seed would play the winner of 5 versus 12. Number two seed would play the winner of 7 and 10. Number three would play the winner of 6 and 11. So I think it's just with those – Top eight teams, they want them playing while these other teams are having that five-game series. Which, again, like we're all agreeing on, why don't you just have those teams practice, get their ice time? Yeah, it's not the same as a game, but why put players at risk of getting hurt when just let them skate, let them get the ice time, let them get the reps, let them get back in, you know, hockey shape, and then wait for those series to be done. Yeah, I mean, I, I prefer mean, to play a 12 seed, but. Well, put it this way. We all know what's going to happen if uh, it is. Columbus and we play Toronto in the first round. It's going to be a good series. <laughs> Toronto's going home. <laughs> They're going home in either game five or seven, depending on what they make the series best of. <laughs> if, uh, if Spike King and G.I.D. make up, they'll be outside the garden with the leaf blowers again. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Where where do you think they're going to play, though? I think that's another – do you think – because other leagues like the NBA, I think the MLB was talking about this, too. Are they going to have them in an area, all the teams kind of 
one or two or three rinks quarantined in an area or do you think they are going to play in the garden or something no i think that's what they're going to do i i think they they definitely have already had discussions on um you know whatever teams you know are on the east coast they're going to play in one spot the teams that are closer to up north in canada they're going to play in a one spot a neutral spot and the same thing with the west coast uh teams yeah. they're going to pick like three neutral spots uh which sucks for fans that want to get to games, but and that's even if they allow fans to be in. Yeah, they won't. There's, I don't think there's, I don't think if you're playing at neutral sites at that point, I don't think you're gonna allow fans. Well, that's you know, unfortunate, that, but they should at least. I'm hoping that they're gonna have some type of viewing parties, especially for season ticket holders. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would go to the garden and watch it on a jumbotron all effing day. Yeah. I, I think that is something you can do because the garden holds what twenty thousand people, and you can you know there's not twenty there's not twenty thousand season ticket holders obviously, and um, or they're not all going to go to the viewing party at least, and you can social distance doing that you know you can sit every few seats. Absolutely, yeah, you, and it, you sell it also, only like five thousand seats or something like that, and then you, you spread got, out. You got them up in the balcony, you got them down in club seats, you got them in, in the boxes. I mean, there's plenty of room to spread fans out. You got the prop yeah. way up top now. Yeah, Columbus did Columbus did something like that last year with with the whole with they had the whole arena filled, but um they had the viewing party like that last year. But uh moving on to our next topic here, we got a Tom Brady doc docu series here that's that's gonna go out. Who? Um, Tom Brady. Who's this that? The guy who you know the guy yeah. the quarterback. <laughs> he, he, he he did okay and won a few Super Bowls and then kind of just ghosted New England and and uh, went to Tampa Bay. You know that. Uh, guy. Off of Tommy baby. So next year, I, yeah, next year there's a nine part series that's gonna come out. It's mm-hmm. gonna be each of the, his Super Bowl runs is going to be an episode. What are your thoughts on this? I think we're going to find out a lot of information that we don't know just yet. In, re- in regards to, like, reasons of why he decided to leave after 20 years. Um, you know what? This is... <laughs> my buddy's going to kill me, but I'm going to call him out. My buddy, Kevin Handy, he... The first thing he said was way too soon. He's like, he didn't want it to come out. He wanted maybe not wait 20 years like Michael Jordan in his 10-part doc. But I think he wanted to wait until he was sort of retired and gone for a few years. Look, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm super excited. The Michael Jordan documentary was one of the best documentaries, sport documentaries I've ever watched. I love Tom Brady. Um, you know, grew up watching him win all six Super Bowls. So I'm super excited. I think eight episodes will be great. The ninth episode is going to suck because it's probably him transitioning to Tampa Bay and leaving us. So I'm all for the first eight episodes. Um, I'm excited. It's like, like uh, Warrior said, it's going gonna, it's gonna to tell us some stuff we didn't know. There's going to be some behind the scenes. I mean, it, it's not going to be like the uh, – um, what was it that he came out with Facebook time? It was Tom versus time. So I don't think it's going to be that, um, 
low. I think it's going to be a lot better than that. ESPN's working with him and making this. So I think it is going to be incredible and definitely something that you're going to find out a lot of information we didn't know behind the scenes, you know, stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it came out too. I, I agree with your buddy here. I think it came out too early. Um, one thing that made the Jordan documentary, I think some stuff was still missing in it, but one thing that kind of made it a little special was they waited and the dust settled and nobody got hurt about anything that was said. And I think that, you know, you're well, Scotty Pippen kind of, wouldn't agree with that, but <laughs> you're, you're having this guy who's still in the league, you know, still has a job. He's not going to say anything. He's not going to say anything about the plate gate. He's not going to say anything about, you know, what went on in the locker room during, um, I forget what Super Bowl it was, but what was it? They lost to the Eagles. What was that, 53 or 52. something? So no, yeah, 52. When, when Malcolm Butler didn't play, like, why Why did that happen and stuff like that? So um, none of that's going to happen. And I think if you waited 10 years, then – you would get some of that stuff. And, you know, the first Super Bowl they went to 20 years ago, that's going to be good. That that episode's going to be good. But, you know, seven, eight, and nine, where we just lived through it, literally five f- five years ago, you know, was the latest one. Last Why year? We... It was like last year. No, but five years ago was like the the um, furthest one out from, from that. Oh, you're talking about the Seahawks one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but we all yeah. remember what happened there. So, like, yeah, not... it's still new. It's still fresh in your mind. I think okay. all the information when you're we... looking at, Caden, all that stuff that you want, those answers, why Butler didn't play, all that stuff. This documentary is going to be about Bill Belichick and the Pats dynasty. It's not going to be Tom Brady's dynasty. It's going to be uh, a documentary on the Patriots and Bill Belichick, and you won't see that for 10, 20 years. And I think that's going to really be the documentary that everyone wants to see because you're going to see the dynasty in Bill Belichick itself, not on Tom Brady. I think they can make that into a movie. Maybe this is a little tease, and then uh, 10 years down the road, they make it into a movie, you know, a, like a, an hour or two hour, you know, mix between a documentary and a movie. That'd be something. Only, only if Mark Wahlberg plays Tom Brady. Because <laughs> Spike King would hate that. <laughs> but he'd probably, like, only do, like, half the movie because he'd probably have to leave early. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Any remember final th- any remember final th- Pete Carroll decided to not hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch? Oh, oh yeah. my God. I'm not complaining Stupid. about that. Hey, thanks, Coach. Put the put the butler on the map. I wonder if Bill sends him a Christmas card every year because of that. <laughs> All right. So we also got a new NFL kick rule here. So the onside kick was recovered in a record low. It was like, you know, I think only five probably got recovered last season. So the new rule is... If you're trailing, instead of doing an onside kick, you can take a fourth and fifteen from your own twenty-five, or whatever it was. What do you What are you thinking about this? That's risky. <laughs> That's rolling well, not, right there. An onside kick is risky too. <laughs> yeah, I know, but onside kick at least you're like you can kick the ball up into their. They'll be in their end when they recover it, or barely into. Your end, 
if you're on fourth and 15 from your own 25 and you throw an incomplete pass and they get the ball at your own 25, I think that's a little riskier, no? Um, this is my thought on it. If you're doing an onside kick 98% of the time, you're, you're down, obviously, a score, whether it's a field goal or four points or plus. You're trying to get the ball back so you can win, and there's not much time left. You're probably out of timeouts. You're in that sort of situation, right? You're not, you're not, it's not going to be the Saints, Colts, Super Bowl. You come out of halftime and you surprise them with an onside kick. 98% of the time, you're in that other situation. So when you're in that situation, Caden, you said five times last year. I know it's under 10%. The percentage is real low of, of recovering an onside kick. So what they're proposing is basically – you get a one-time fourth and 15 on the 25. If you don't make it, you're probably losing anyways. But True. I think you have a higher percentage. Of to... completing a pass than recovering. Yes. An and exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what they want to do. That's going to open the door of that's... more comebacks, I think. And I think it's going to bite some teams. You know, we might not see it one year from now. We might see it two years from now. Who knows? But when that situation does come, I think it's going to bite some teams – and they lose that game because they had that chance to do a fourth and fifteen and seven onside. Yeah, no, absolutely. They're gonna or, have. You know, when you have that onside kick chance, you're like, oh, we're not. Gonna do it. Yeah, right? it's gonna it's gonna make the game more fun, I think. And then they're they're also, you know, they're following the XFL lead. They had the uh, the whole instead of punting it away, you could go for a, a fourth and fifteen or whatever it was. And I think that is going to make the game a lot more interesting. I wonder, are they going to figure out, like, one play that always works? You know, they're obviously not going to throw a Hail Mary because um, they're just, you know, you're going to have the defense sit back. But can you see something cool like a lateral? You know, if there's, like, one second left in the game or whatever, are are, are you going to just chuck one up? Or are you gonna? Are we gonna see laterals? Because you're not, you know, you're obviously not gonna have time to run a second play. I see that did that crazy play where they lateraled like all the way up the field and ended up scoring a touchdown. Who was that? Was that Tennessee that did that? No, it was uh, uh, no, it was Duke, no Miami, Duke, Miami. They had a game where it was uh, I think it was on a kickoff. He he, they 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 lateraled all the way. It was like so. So I know Miami obviously did it to us. We'll never forget that. That game sucked. Um, I think you're talking about Tennessee and Buffalo too. Way way back, they had the Music City miracle. Is that what you're talking about in the playoffs? That was cool too. I think if you're at one second, you're 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 hail marrying. Obviously, if you're down by four more, I'm thinking more like remember it was a playoff game. I don't remember what year. It was the Packers versus the Eagles. They were um, the Eagles went for like a fourth and twenty-five. If they didn't make it, they were done because they were out of timeouts. And they they caught a pass and actually made the fourth and twenty-five. I think they ended up winning that game too. So it's something like that. You're going to see the defense is obviously going to be back pretty deep. They're not going to. They're going to. You can catch a ten-yard catch. You can do a you know an eight-yard catch. They're going to want to try to stop you twelve yards and up are back because they're not going to want you to get 15. Um, From there, if you get it, then it's like a whole new game. You're at your, you'd be at the 40 and you have to go a certain amount of yards, whether you need a field goal or a touchdown, obviously, depending on how much time you have on the clock, do you even have a chance from there? Who knows? 
So I, I think it's it's definitely gonna be interesting, but it opens up the chance. I think it opens up a bigger percentage and a better chance for you to to win the game than it is if you have an onside kick. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I like it. I hope it passes. You know, they've okay. had they've uh, they've had they've um, had to Brady to Godwin's. We're gonna see on fourth and fifteen. <laughs> How many Brady to Gronks? <laughs> Brady to Evans, he has so many weapons. Yeah, it's that's ridiculous. So this Sunday, we obviously have one more one more sporting event to look forward to. We'll get to that later, but we don't have any more of the last dance. What are your guys' thoughts on the last dance? And um, do you think that they should have, you know, split it up so it was ten weeks in, instead of five? Ooh. I'll go first. Um... Absolutely not. I wanted them to drop all ten episodes right away. I would have. I would have stayed up till seven, eight in the morning and watched them all. It was that good. Um, yeah. Do I wish I had more episodes? Of course. I wish it kept going. Um, but they are dropping. Uh, you know, the Lance Armstrong series tonight at nine, I believe. And then they're they're also going into uh, Bruce Lee. They have the Sammy Sosa McGuire episodes coming out. So they are. They are keeping the weekends busy while we have no sports. So I'm looking forward to those. Um, and it'll definitely, you know, fill up our weekends. But I thought that the MJ documentary, The Last Dance, was one of the best sports documentaries I've ever watched. It covered a lot of stuff. I mean, I sort of – I was obviously alive with the earlier three uh, championships. But I remember the lateral three um, more, obviously, because I was a little – older and was actually watching basketball then so i think it, it definitely covered a lot of details and stuff um that i didn't know about you know with everything going on with rodman and pippen and all that stuff so i thought it, it um gave a lot of information out there um that i didn't know and was unaware of and really loved watching it so i mean you're you're older than me dutra you might remember the first three championships yeah right? Actually, I wish I still had the shirt. They they came out with some badass shirts of the three P, and I had one. But uh, dang, everybody wanted to be Michael Jordan, man. I don't care what sport you played; he's just that iconic. I mean, yeah. even to this day, with you know, with the you know the clothing line or or his sneakers. I mean, everybody wants a fresh pair of Jordans. Um, I had friends growing up that you know still have Jordans. Uh, in boxes and closets, like uh, one of my friends, I mean, every single pair that came out, he had them. Uh, he used to buy little kid ones and just, you know, uh, like memorabilia. He'd just have them around his room. Uh, so that was wild. But I, uh, sadly to admit, I didn't watch it every Sunday. So I just started watching it a few days ago. And um, I think I'm on, like, episode nine right now. Um, but, oh, so you're at the end. Yeah. But anything like that where it's the behind-the-scene type stuff, the mic'd-up stuff, I mean, as a sports fan, how can you not love that? I mean, that's mm -hmm. like, you know, as cliche as it is, but that's the meat and the potatoes. I mean, how bad Jordan used to bust uh, uh, the owner's guy's balls. 
he'd be like, oh, are those your pills to, to grow? You know, or, or are those your diet pills? Oh, you're talking about Jerry Cross. Yeah, Jerry Cross. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. I'm That's... like, man, he's all over him. And then yeah. uh, when Rodman, like, just, oh, I need to leave. And he had to go to Vegas. <laughs> out there with Common Electra. I mean, you think that's going to happen now in any major sports team? Hell no. No way. But, Can you imagine someone doing that to Bill Belichick? Yeah, hey, Bill, uh, well, I mean, God rest his soul, but, I mean, maybe Hernandez was like, yo, Bill, I got to go take care of some stuff. I need some time off, you know? <laughs> but, um... No, like, I mean, to go out to Vegas and he's partying with Common Electra and doing his thing and then to just come back and him and Phil Jackson had that relationship, though. Like, he said it. It was more than, you know, he didn't look at him as a basketball player. He looked at him, you know, as another human being. And they had that whole Native American uh, relationship there. Um, so Phil Jackson has to go down as one of the greatest coaches of all time. Ah. Like, yeah, I mean, that's he's I, incredible. I forgot that you know how he played and how he won two championships with the the Nickabakis. And so, he's won what eleven as a coach. Yeah, I mean, one down in uh, wherever he was at Cuba, or wherever he was at coaching down there, he won yeah. one with them, or at least one. I don't know if he won yeah. more. I can't remember, but Puerto Rico or something. Yeah, the that's crazy. With, the problem with Phil Jackson is he was a great coach, but people seem to only remember his most recent years with the Knicks, you know, and how the Knicks sucked for a while. Yeah. After, after they were, you know, after they were good and, you know, they still haven't gotten out of that slump, but it seems like people remember that more than they do, you know, the younger generation, at least more than they do, um, you know, what he did with the bulls and stuff. I wonder if I think with this, the younger generation with the Bulls, I agree with you. The late, they, I think some of them still remember the Lakers. Um, obviously, it's still only in the early 2000s, but I mean, you still have that the later Kobe ones where Shaq wasn't on that he won. But I agree with you. Like if you're if you're looking at the younger generation, I mean, you're talking like your generation. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's tough. It was a while ago, you know. I, I wonder, you know, this documentary if it kind of saved him a little bit because, you know, our, my generation, we obviously weren't around for the Michael Jordan and stuff. So we get, we get to see that now and you kind of realize how great of a coach he was. But with that being said, you know, you had obviously that great Bulls team and then you had the team with Kobe and Shaq on it and stuff. If you took any team like the Charlotte Bobcats, let's say, and Phil Jackson's Phil Jackson coached that, could he, could he win? Would he, be the greatest coach ever because was it's it the coach or was it the team offense. he didn't come up with that though did he wasn't that somebody else that came up with that and introduced it to him they ran it though I mean they ran the shit out of that and it worked I think it was a mix of everything it was the team he had he obviously had Jordan no one Jordan play he had he had that mentality almost like you see in Brady where it's all it is is about winning yeah he Jordan finally realized like hey it's not about me scoring you know career high 69 points in a game it was the the team mentality to to win championships 
Yeah, I think it was interesting. You could see that um, even when they, when he, what was it, his leg or his foot he broke or something like that. It was in one of the earlier episodes and how he decided to re-enroll in North Carolina or whatever it was and then just decide to. You guys there? Yeah. Yeah. There you. You're frozen. Yeah, you're frozen. Oh, now you're come back. He'll come back in a minute. Yeah, no, I think I think the uh, that whole series is is like I said to see all the behind the scenes stuff and the mic'd up stuff and what's really going on at practice and uh, you know even on the the flights where you got Jordan and and some of the other studs playing cards for like big money. Yeah, and then you got a few guys down the other end and and they're all laughing like, ah, we ain't got money like that to be with. Yeah, you could definitely watch that documentary over again, though. Like, watch it one time and then watch it again, without a doubt. Yeah. Like, like, times I've watched Big Bad and Bobby already. The Bruins special on the 1970 Stanley Cup team. I've watched that three times. Do you think it'll, it's the greatest sports documentary I've just finished up here? Um... It's tough because, you know, obviously the Bulls aren't my team. Um, You know, basketball is not even my favorite sport. So I I would say that's tough. I mean, I love Four Days in October. I love the Red Sox. I think that's a great documentary, but it's only like it's less than two hours long. Do I think it's it's tough because Michael Jordan, everyone wanted to be like Mike. He is the best player. Um, I would say. If you take out the consideration of it being the Chicago Bulls, not my team, not my favorite sport, yes, I, I think I think because of the fact that it's basketball and I'm not the biggest fan of basketball and I was really, really into it, I think it is one of the greatest. It's definitely in my top five. Or Yeah, I mean, hard to argue that. Like you said, I mean uh... – the Bulls were the team. I mean, they re- they three-peated twice. Um, Jordan, best NBA player ever. Um, but, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge basketball guy either, but, yeah. and, you know, that's what I mean, though. Like, even big hockey guys or big football guys or whatever sport you were a fan of, you still were a sport of Michael Jordan. Like, you couldn't yeah. not watch – him play you're still a fan yeah it, it i mean it's like it's it's like you you could take a person who's not really into hockey but th- you could watch wayne gretzky play you know what i mean like these these guys who are on another level it's i mean, I mean his work i like yeah you know his energy um his effort the consistency uh like he said though uh i need to play my best every game for the fans because this could be their first and only time they're coming to see me. I'm not going to go out there and produce a game where I'm scoring 12 points, three assists and, you know, six rebounds. No, it was a 30 plus night every night, you know, and Uh, and it aired 20 years later. So if you were still salty about your team losing to him or, um, beating your team, it aired 20 years later. Um, so, or, even more than 20 it was 22 or something like that because the last time he won was 98 so it's 22 years later from his last championship so you've had time for that sort of um 
hatred to die down over those 22 years, really, you know? Yeah. So, so we may not have a documentary to watch, or a long documentary. You know, we'll still have those 30 for 30s. So you got the Lance one, you got the uh, baseball one. But we do have another live sporting event, you know, not the live sporting event we all hope for in NHL, NBA, football. But we it is a sporting event. We have the match with Phil and Tiger, but there's a twist because you got Peyton and Brady in the match. So you got uh, the teams are Woods Phil and, and Brady. Yeah, Woods and Manning and then Phil and uh, Tom. I was kind of upset, obviously, about how Brady and Woods weren't on the same team. But I think at that point, <laughs> you, can't, you can't have two goats. You can't have, like, then you got the goats, and then you got, got the guys that were, you know, Sh- overshadowed. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, who, are on? who are you betting on, Warrior? For what? Which team's going to win the, the match? Yeah. Who are you thinking? You got to go. Think you got to go, Tiger. Yeah. So I, uh, I love Tiger and Mickelson. I love Mickelson. He's a lefty. I'm a lefty. Um, I love both of them. I just I know last year when I watched the match, I just wanted to see some great golf. But I, I think, can't root for Manning. I, think- I can't root for Manning. I'm sorry. I got to root for I'm going with Mickelson and Brady. I Peyton, have to. Peyton Manning probably golfs more than Brady because Brady's usually playing in Super Bowls. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's yeah. probably golf. He's got an extra month every year they play. He's got. He almost has an extra month almost he's every got, year. Got more golf experience. Imagine playing Blake Bortles though. You like can golf all the time. Yeah, well, maybe Brady that golf. Yeah, now true. that he's down in Florida. I wonder though, like how um that will if if he was a Patriot still. If Bill would allow him to do something like this, yeah, it's the offseason. I, I know what it's just matter? golf, but but I, don't I, know. I feel like because if there was no coronavirus, you know, you're kind of already in your in your season or getting close to it with the uh, training camp and stuff. So would he be like, no, you know, I got I got a Super Bowl to win or or something like that? So I'm gonna you know focus on football, you know. Because it's the Patriots way. Patriot way. It's kind of like how Bill, Bill thought. You know, you got this time off, but when you're in football season, you're in football season. You know, you're not going out to the club or whatever. So if he was in the Patriot organization still, if he'd kind of think that way and be like, well, you know, I got to focus on football. But now he's with Tampa Bay. Is he kind of letting himself go a little bit? Yeah, I mean, he could just be trying to enjoy life besides football a little bit more. Um... But I think Brady would have that mentality too, though. I mean, like you said, I think if if it wasn't for the COVID, I think Brady would be totally focused more on football and not even be doing this golf thing. Yeah, it's going to charity. So I, I think he's doing it for that reason too. Um, you know, he's all this money is going to charity. It gives someone um, something to watch. Uh, he gets to do, you know, he loves golf. It's one of his favorite sports outside of football. So he gets to do that, obviously, with the pros. Um, and it's for a good cause. I, I think it's still, it's, it's not football season. I don't think he's really lost his focus. He's been training. Um, there's images of him training already with his new bucks helmet that sort of brought tears to my, um, soul, but, uh, I think he's still focused. It's just, 
I think with the COVID-19, he sees this as an opportunity to do something he loves with uh, great friends, but also for a good cause. That's how I see it. I think it's going to be great to watch. Um, I'm obviously rooting for Mickelson and Brady. I just hope to see a, a good match, you know, because I think they play, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think they play, um, they do one up like it's match, right? It's not, they're not going to be like, oh, we scored a eagle here, so we're minus two. Uh, I think it's uh, just whoever wins the hole. Yeah, it's a, I think it's, so. a little di- it's a little different because on each, like, Every few holes, they change the format. Maybe it's every nine. Maybe it's front nine that play one format and uh, back nine that play another one. But I think it's alternate shot, and then it's then it's yeah. just, and then it's four ball. So I think it's best it's best ball. I think that's what it is. But um, you know, after I watching the first hole, you'll know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in a couple hours, we'll know. But um, you know, I play a lot of golf, and it's just crazy how these guys are football players or you know brady brady right now only but these a, a bunch of these athletes you know they're sticks they're like two three handicaps which is crazy you know you're playing football and you're insane at football and then you're like larry fitzgerald or you know tom brady peyton manning matt ryan's really good too how are these guys so good at golf it's just insane it's athletic hockey players adapt to golf very easily it, it it's crazy because like you know, you got some of these guys, and golf's like one of those sports that not everybody's good at. You know, like you can practice as much as you want, and that doesn't mean that you're good. It's just crazy how these guys are just so lucky with everything and just athletic ability. It's insane. It is. It's, um, I think it's just they're athletic and they adapt well to. Um... Hockey players adapt well because of the eye-hand coordination yeah. and then yeah. These guys can go and do any kind of sport, probably somewhat great. You know, yeah. obviously not at the pro level, but I mean, they're gonna go out there and play baseball. They're gonna sit there and not look like a, you know, just your average Joe. So, I, I wonder if there's gonna be like if they do, you know, alternate shot or whatever if there's going to be a time where like they take, you know, 10 of Tiger shots or 10, 10 of Mickelson shots. And then all of a sudden they're like, maybe we got to, you know, uh, take one at Tom's or Manning's because would, would, would they take a one a little further back and make up something like, well, it's better angle in or something like that. Just to make, well, you know what I like is I like is uh, you're talking about green some, I think I think it's called greensome where they take the better shot. You have redsome where they take the worst shot. Um, you could you could sit there and say, all right, Mickelson got a three, Brady got a four. We're taking Mickelson's score. They yeah. could do something like that, the better score. Then again, Mickelson and Woods probably has the better score every time. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it. I haven't really looked too much into it. I sort of actually just heard about it last week, but. I'm excited. We'll know exactly what they're doing after hole one. What's you know, that? Three o'clock. So here in the next three and a half hours. So it, it should be good. You know, it'll be fun to watch and just get a, you know, get some sports going, you know, especially live sports. I know they're playing in Florida. They are playing in Florida because Manny, Manny had mentioned what, something um, before we end today's show. I just want to say, he said, 
I'm glad we're not playing in mass or, you know, in New England. I wish we were playing in Indy, but he said, I guess if we were playing towards your home, Tom, I'll take Florida because of uh, it's not New England. So I think he, he, he was basically saying Tom still has home field advantage. <laughs> Florida Brady, home. I think Brady roasted Eli, didn't he, like on Twitter the other day or something? Yeah, I wasn't sure what that was all about. Something about showing up in the fourth quarter. <laughs> all right, any, before we end this episode, anything the guys want to add? Or Yeah, I just want to thank you for bringing me on, man. It's been fun. Oh, Bruins War, it was a pleasure having you. Thanks for joining us today. Um, you know, sorry Jake couldn't make it. Stuff going on, but um, – we're pumped to have you. Look forward to having you, you know, again in the future. And, um, you know, give a shout out to the Bruins World Order. Go follow them on Instagram at Bruins Warrior IG. Uh, Bruins, uh, Bruins Warrior has been doing a lot of stuff for the Bruins World Order account. He's been given a lot of cards and uh, towels, rally towels that he's had from the past games. So go give us follow at Bruins World Order. And uh, thank you. Appreciate it, man. And we got this going out to our boy, Caden. Hell yeah. Hot off the press, baby. Yeah. I'll rep it next time I go to the garden for sure. If I go to the garden again, you know, we got to get in the stands, right? Once all this. We'll get you to a game, little man. One day. One day we'll I used be back. To, used to have uh, season tickets, and then it all, like, we just they just sucked for a little bit and just couldn't sell them and just got rid of them. <laughs> like, hey, when uh, me and Lane will get you to a game, man. And, all right. Uh, Instead of going to Hurricanes, we'll have to go to Halftime Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I can still have a beer there, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some Pink Whitney's. Yep. Right on. Let me just end this real quick. End the recording.